Well, it's wonderful to, Chris, to have Chris Abington all the way from the wonderful US of A. And um, Chris was just uh, asking me the question, said, you know, everything sounds better in a British accent. Uh, what accent do you guys, you know, what do you like and think? It's got, and I have to say, it's that Southern American accent that we have embodied in Chris. So uh, Chris is a friend of us all here, a friend of mine. It's been so good getting to know and walk with Chris over recent years and to about once a year have you come and just speak in what you sense God is saying. Uh, Chris um, leads the church um, over in, in Arkansas, at Russellville City Church, um, and uh, it's well worth looking at their website and just seeing what God is calling them to. There's just a short video, about a minute and a half, where Chris expresses the vision. And it is so clear and so compelling that they are a church to serve and minister into their city. And what they're seeing is quite wonderful. Also, uh, Chris uh, as, uh, comes from a, a line of, of prophets. There's a great prophetic culture within that church. We as a leadership team have recently been the beneficiaries of that. We had a Zoom meeting with their prophetic team and just really speaking in. So uh, I am always very eager to hear what Chris has to say and what God wants to bring through him. So Chris, it's all yours. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Well, you're in luck because the more tired I get, the more my southern accent gets more accented. So we're coming to the tail end, uh, or I am, I'm coming to the tail end of about 12 days or so being over in and around the UK and Europe. And let me just say, I love this nation. I genuinely love this nation. There's something God put in my heart the first time I stepped foot about 12 or 13 years ago on the ground here, and I could feel it whenever I did. It's just a deep love for your nation. And I'm um, so grateful, you know, I'm so grateful in, in the States to bring, when God speaks and sends people to us, I want to welcome them. And I just want you to know it's a blessing for me to get to just be here with you. Love this house, love this family. Let me just start by saying, I am here and our team's just here to serve you. So, you know, we've got a train at about four o'clock later today. So, you know, we, we just fear we hang out here for a while with you, if that's okay. That's like an uneasy laugh, like, <laughs> see being serious right now, because let's just pray, and uh, we'll just walk into it. Jesus, we thank you so much. We thank you so much for being with us. I thank you for your body. I thank you for the beautiful body of Christ that we all get to be a part of. I thank you that everyone has a part. I thank you that everyone has something to do. Lord, I thank you that everyone is made, Lord, specific with you, Jesus. I thank you that you had a thought before you made a, each and every one of us. There's not a single person in this room that you didn't know and have a thought. Lord, a purpose that you put in their heart and you wrapped flesh around it and you breathed life in us. And so I thank you for this church and I thank you for the people in it. In Jesus' name, amen. So my heart and my hope is this morning is that we'll leave you encouraged, but my heart and my hope always, no matter where we go, is that you're equipped and more happens after we leave. That's our heart as a church, is that we're an equipping church. We believe we're called, called to just be catalysts for the kingdom of God. So this morning, as much as I hope you enjoy and you learn something from what's happening, my hope is, is that we hear from somebody on Monday and on Tuesday and on Wednesday because we did something with what we learned. Um, you won't remember Chris like you'll connect with Jesus and you'll connect with his voice because he loves to talk to you and that you do something with it. Amen? 
So I wanted, to, I wanted to ask a friend of mine just to come up. Recently, we took a trip over to India and Sri Lanka, and my friend Chabi and his church, just a beautiful church in, uh, in Kandy, Sri Lanka, and we got the chance just to be with them for a couple of days. And just as a matter of testimonies, just before we start, this is, I just asked him to share, hey, tell what happened. Again, same thing our heart is for you today is that what's going to happen to you on Monday or Tuesday because there should be an expectation, I hope, throughout the morning that you're going to see God wants to encounter you when you wake up in the morning. When you wake up on your Monday, that your Sunday affected your Monday and that Jesus is a part of everything that you do. Amen? Come on up here, Chavi. Hello. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, Chris and Luke was in Sri Lanka, was it December? Early December, yeah. And then, um, you know, we wanted to invite uh, non-believers who are, who are in our community, uh, who are struggling, who are having some health difficulties, health issues, and all the other, you know, problems. And, uh, you know, it's, it's not uh, common to do that in our culture, you know, it's, it's a strong Buddhist culture and we can be, it can be really dangerous for us to invite them. But anyway, uh, we invited uh, so many people and there were like quite a lot of unbelievers on the day and then uh, we were praying over them, we were, you know, like uh, worshipping with them and in the end uh, we have seen so many miracles happening on the day. Uh, especially on, on, on these uh, non-believers' lives. We have seen miracles. We have seen so many healings. So there were a few people who could not, uh, you know, walk and who could not uh, bend their legs. You know, God healed them on the spot, like with just one prayer. And there were some people who could not move their hands, the people who had issues in their, you know, people had backaches for ages being healed. And all these people, uh, many of these people were non-believers. They, they started, uh, you know, tes testifying and they have, you know, voluntarily came out and, you know, he was writing all the details. What, what did the Lord did to you? And they were saying, like, they were really excited to share uh, all these news. And then, you know, Luke was saying, uh, the, the people who did not see a miracle today, you know, we're going to keep praying for you. And uh, uh, just keep on updating us. And then there were so many updates of so many healings. I'll show you uh, one specific uh, healing. There was this guy, uh, tuk-tuk driver. Uh, he was an unbeliever, and he he had uh, um, he had stones in his uh, kidney. But that was a, he was in a difficult stage. So then, the very next day, he had to go to the hospital for his operation. And we asked him to come, and we, we prayed over him. Uh, he did not testify, and then he went home. The very next day, he called us and told us, you know what, uh, the machines are broken in the hospital, so they said, we can't operate you today. He was so afraid. And we said, don't worry, don't worry, we'll keep, keep on praying for you. Just update us. The very next week, he called us, and he was kind of surprised. He said, I went to the scan again, and they told me, there are no stones. <laughs> he didn't know how to respond. He said, that's what you wanted, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So since then we, we went out, my wife went out and prayed over a, a, a teacher. She, she's working in a school. Teacher said, you know, I'm having this uh, hearing difficulty. She prayed and she got healed. So there were so many miracles uh, from that time onwards. So I really encourage you, uh, you know, to listen to this man and he will show you, uh, you know, how to do that. <laughs> from yeah, yeah, yeah. So good. It's um, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's just who he is. He can't help. It's who he is. And so that's what he does. Um, he is good and he is good all the time. Can I tell you, um, those stories are stories of real people that live right next door to you, that you pass by every single day. And I want to read you a story. So if you got your Bibles, let's open up. We'll do this quick. I'll have you out of here by 3.30 at least. <laughs> Acts chapter 8, verse 26. So if you got your Bibles, open it up. We're going to read a few scriptures here, and then we'll just talk, and then we're going to pray for folks. And I believe just like that, like that some of them are, ex you're going to expect it. Others of you are going to find yourself walking it out and being surprised over the next day, two days, week after this. Acts 8, 26. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out and on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Kandak, which means queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home, he was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. And the spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you're reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is the passage of scripture the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to slaughter, and as a lamb before its shear is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from him or from the earth. And the eunuch asked Philip, tell me, please, who is this prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. What can stand in the way of me being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. Verse 39, When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again. But he went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Azotus and traveled about preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. What an incredible story. One in which I really appreciate. This is my nephew, Luke, by the way, who's with me. Sorry I didn't introduce you a minute ago. This verse 39 especially is the one that we really pray for with air, air travel. When you just get in the plane, all of a sudden you appear in the other location. We're asking for that one, by the way, like just so you know that that happened. So we're praying that that could happen again one day where you just get translated back home. Like, I leave you guys, and I walk in the door tomorrow at my house, and it's just like I'm home. You guys, that, that would be great. And you still get the air miles, so that would be excellent. <laughs> All right, so here's what I want to point out to you, just a couple things real quick. Number one, you've got to be aware that God is speaking. So here you've got a story, just regular people, right? So this is Philip, just on, in his regular day, angel of the Lord shows up and says, hey, I want you to go south. 
on this road. Doesn't even tell him where he's going to go. He just tells him to go to this street, go to this street and head south. And for some of us, what I want to just start with is, number one, you're just going to have to be aware that God's speaking all the time. Scripture says that you don't live by bread alone. You live by the word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Father. It's proceeding out. So the challenge right now, I believe, one of the biggest challenges we face is just distraction. It's in lots of form. It's in, it's in lots of ways, but it's just distraction. And, you know, I love Netflix like the next guy, but it, Netflix is a distraction. It can be a distraction. Social medias are going to be a distraction. Sometimes it's just our, our diaries, our calendars. It's a distraction. But Philip manages to hear the Lord go south. And what I love is, is Philip is just this regular guy. He doesn't go take a class in it. He doesn't try to figure out, was that God? He just starts down that road. And so the fact that he is just aware God is speaking and the fact that we have to be aware and open to the fact that God is speaking to us always. And you think, oh, okay, well, he speaks to you, and I understand that he speaks to Theo, or he speaks to, name the person that's the famous person that you think of, but he speaks to you. John 10 says, you're a sheep. My sheep hear my voice. That's everyone. That's John 10. My sheep hear my voice. Not some sheep, not the special sheep, not the sheep on the stage with a microphone, like all the sheep. And what's beautiful to me is if you dig a little deeper with that, he just says other stuff too, like I got sheep in other folds that you don't even know about. God's speaking to people and people groups that you would be offended by probably, the fact that Jesus is speaking to them. I mean, it's incredible that God speaks to every people group. There's a way that he is speaking to a people group. And... Um, He's speaking to you. The challenge is you just got to learn how he speaks to you. How he speaks to you isn't probably how he speaks to me. Where does he live? Like it's not rhetorical. Where does he live? Like he lives in here. So when he speaks, it's going to come up from in here. And who does it sound like if it's coming from in here? It's going to sound like you. You think, well, I just thought that. Or that sounds like me. No, no, no. That wasn't just you. His voice, his voice inside you, we have to learn how to translate that, how to hear that. The way he speaks to you can be lots of ways. For me, it's really clear. It's either black or white. The number's three or four. It's not, you know, it's real specific. My wife isn't like that. She's a feeler. She's like, well, I feel like this is what the Lord wants us to do. Or she has peace about it. She's a feeler. Some people are just knowers. You just know this is what we need to do. You're just like, that. okay, it's easy. Like, why aren't we going this way? That's the Lord's voice. That's how you perceive. That's how you're made. But listen, introverts, extroverts, it doesn't matter. The disciples, all of, all of us get this. I don't care where you are on the Enneagram. I don't care what number you are on whatever the personality profile test you've taken. It doesn't matter. You're a sheep. You hear his voice. You're going to see it in pictures. You're going to watch it in a movie. You're going to think about him in a memory like something's going to pop up in your mind and you've got to start understanding and discerning that is the Holy Spirit speaking to you. Philip was aware of this. So he's aware. Verse 27, and then he just gets started and then he just, he takes off, which I love it. Just simple, quick obedience. The short version of the easiest thing for all of us is just listen and obey. Don't complicate it. Don't rationalize it. Don't think, well, I'm going to put this in Google Maps and see about this road and think about maybe I'll go there and I'll study about the destination and then I'll decide. Listen, the Hebrew, there's no word, did you notice that there's no Hebrew word for obedience. There's not a word for it to obey. Do you know what the word is? It's to hear. It's the word Shema, like to hear. That's why the 
scripture, like that's why the Jewish people recite the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Hear means to obey. That's why there's no word. You're not going to find a word in Hebrew for obey. Because the assumption is the fact that you hear means that you obey. It's a Greek way of thinking that we got thought, I'm going to decide whether I obey whenever I hear. I'm going, to, I'm, going to, I'm going to learn all the facts. I'm going to get all the education I can, and I'm going to attain to some kind of knowledge, and then I'll make the decision. The problem with that is then I'm God. But if you're in this culture and you're a follower of Jesus, what you're learning is through the years of being with him, every time he speaks to you, like your heart is responding, and that's what's moving you. It's not your mind. It's your heart that's teaching your mind how to think. That's the difference. Like, the mind's good. It's just, it's not a good master. Like, it's a good servant. That's why God was so hungry to remove laws out of tablets and say, I want to write them on your heart. I don't want them to just be in your mind. I want them to be in your heart. So Philip's shaped by this way of thinking. So when he hears, it's not, well, maybe I'll do that. Or I'll think about doing that maybe next week. I was telling my nephew this morning, we were eating breakfast, and I said, I remember getting corrected by the Lord one time. He asked me to do something, and I didn't, I didn't do it. And it wasn't out of, like, I don't want to do it. It was just like, oh, you know, okay, I'll do that. Maybe at some point, and I kind of dismissed it. And I go on about, like, the next day, and I'm like, boy, Lord, I haven't felt or heard your voice. Like, I haven't sensed you. And I'm walking up the stairs, and I get about three steps up, and I stop because he says, um, it's because uh, delayed obedience is just disobedience. And I'm like, immediately I knew what he was talking about because I knew what he had asked me to do. And it was hard, but I'd said yes to it. I just hadn't done it. And he was like, well, you know when your kids are doing something that they're not supposed to do, and you're like, hey, Noah, stop doing that? And if he went on doing that for 20 minutes until he obeyed, what was that space of time from the time you asked to the time he responded and did it? He's like, that is just the space is disobedience. Like, that's where you are. And so I had to repent, like, Lord, I'm sorry. Like, I want to have a heart that doesn't just listen, but it's a heart that when you listen and you hear it, you respond. And we've been taught the other way around. We've been taught that the mind is the ultimate master, and we can't do that. We're taught to live by the Spirit, to be controlled by the Spirit. The mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace, is how Romans 8 would teach us. You have to be led by the Spirit of God. It's what Galatians would say. Keep in step with the Spirit of God. And so when we listen, we have to have come with a heart that just says, I already said yes. I don't know the question. The answer is yes. That's what it is to lay down your life. Don't forget that that's what we signed up for. I'm talking to myself, my achet. Talking to myself just like I'm talking to you. When we came into this kingdom, the way that you came in is you died. I died flesh died like that old man died new man is just yes alive to christ alive to that alive to his presence alive to his spirit listen if this thing's not an adventure for you it should be and it is so here's philip all right so he's just listening and he's and he just says i love it because he's just he's on his way and while he's on his way he's open for interruption like god just interrupts him and says okay run up to that chariot it doesn't even send him to run. He just says, go. And it says, and he ran, which is another reason why I love Philip, because he just, he's not like walks up there. He runs up to this guy, and he just meets the guy where he is. And I love it because he just meets him where he is. He doesn't come and bring his five steps and all of his answers. He's like, hey, what's up? What are you doing? He's like, well, I'm reading the Bible. He's like, yeah, what are you reading? I don't understand what I'm reading. I'm right here. Can you help me? I mean, it's a beautiful way to do evangelism is just find where people are, ask them where they are, and then just start talking to them. That's all he did. 
And that's all our job is when the Holy Spirit begins to move us towards someone. And it's scary, and you got to take risks. And you got to say, hey, how you doing? I'm Chris. Like, what, what's going on there? What are you reading? What's going on in your life? And you're sitting next to them on a plane, and you want to sleep, but they want to talk to you. So you're like, all right, I'm going to be interrupted. And Philip was just interrupted on his way. Like, it's just the way life was supposed to be. And this is supposed to be normal. This is normal. This is not abnormal. This is normal life. This is normal Christian life. Jesus was always the example, right? He only did what he heard the Father say, tell him to do. He only said what he heard the Father tell him to say. He only did it, and he only said it. Whatever the Father was doing, that's what he was doing. He's the example. I'm not the example. Theo's pretty awesome. Like, his hair is the example. I've got hair. <laughs> Seriously? Guy's got the most awesome hair. I don't, so can't do anything about that. Just listening and obeying, that's all Jesus did. Like, this is the model. And we're like, oh, man, listen to those special people, and they have these awesome encounters. That is for you. That is for you. When you wake up tomorrow and you're having your time with Jesus, and you're just like, Lord, let me tell you, John 16, 13 says this, the Holy Spirit said he'll take from the Father and he will, show him, he will show you what's to come. One of his job descriptions is just to help us. He's a helper. He's a guide. He's the truth. And one of the things he wants to do is help you see ahead of time, just so you'll know, pay attention, here's what's coming. So I read that one time. I'm like, well, that has to get practical for me. Everything has to get down to real life. So I'm like, Monday morning, I get up, I'm like, Lord, your scripture says that the Holy Spirit will take from the Father and he will show me things to come. Can you show me what's going to happen today? Anything I need to know. This is a practical way to learn to walk with the person of the Holy Spirit. He's not someone weird. He's a person. He has thoughts. He has emotions. He has feelings like we don't have time to go into all. It's a person. He's God. He's not some weird cosmic being. It's Father, Son, Holy Spirit. He's a person. He's not something weird, not some strange cosmic being that's out there. He's a person. You can grieve him. He has thoughts. Like he has a mind. He's the mind of Christ. He wants to show you that. He has thoughts. So, okay, so I'm like, Lord, can you just show me what's coming? Just real fast, it was just like I saw a picture, in a, like a memory of a guy that I haven't seen in years. And I just thought, well, that's strange. And I'd kind of go on about my day. And sure enough, someone says, hey, Chris, because I run a real estate company as well. So we leave the church and have a company. My lady up front said, hey, Chris, we've got somebody up front wants to see you. And I'm like, I don't have an appointment, but. So I bring them back, and it's this person. And immediately I'm like, this is awesome, because normally I would have just thought, well, that's great. They, ch- they just dropped in, and, you know, I haven't seen this person in years, kind of, what you, what's going on? And, but I already knew God was a part of this. I didn't have to wonder. I didn't have to think about it. I knew that the Holy Spirit had already marked that time. And listen, this is the stuff we have to learn to do to keep in step with him. And it has to get practical, and it has to get real. And so you see Philip just showing up with this guy. And immediately, like, the unit just starts to open his life to him. And that's as hard as it is. Like, that's it. That's how hard it is. Show up. Be who you are, because the presence of God is in you. And just start asking some questions and see what happens. That's as hard as it is. You're going to be amazed. Like, you're thinking, i got to have more training. i got to have more equipping in that. Like, i got to take some more classes in that. And you really don't. I love classes. Take them. Like, I love to learn more. Like, that's beautiful. But I'm already responsible for more stuff that I've heard. Like, I'm already responsible for enough at this point. I don't need to, I don't need to hear anymore. I need to do something with what I've been given. Like, I've been given a lot. I've got a lot to do. 
And so he just shares Jesus with it. And just like probably a few people in here this morning, if the worship team wants to come by, we're just going to we're going to open in this thing and start praying for folks. Um, but I did feel like as I was reading the story, you got this Ethiopian eunuch person who's religious that he was going up to Jerusalem. He had gone to Jerusalem to worship, yet he's coming back and he doesn't know God. So he had gone to church and he's coming back from church and he still doesn't know who God is. And it takes Philip come alongside in conjunction with God's work being active in his life. Like it takes Philip showing up with him and he introduces this Ethiopian eunuch to Jesus. And I've got a pretty sneaky suspicion that there's a few people in here that have been showing up to church. And it's okay, you just haven't met Jesus yet. But that's, you keep being drawn. Like he traveled a long way to go there. And I'm just telling you, today is your day to meet him. Like today's the day of salvation. So if you're in here in a minute and we're going to be praying for folks, I want you to just come find me. If you want to give your life to this Jesus, I think there's two, maybe three of you for sure. I know there's two. You have just shown up, and you've thought, I'll be be a part of church. But a personal relationship, you're like, it's foreign to me. I don't understand what this guy's even talking about. And you can't see it until you know him. That's what Jesus told Nicodemus. Like, you want to see this kingdom? You want to see what we're talking about? You've got to be born again first. You have to be born again first. And so we want to pray.